ATP Podcast Episode 9. Today I have with me recurring friend Joey Arbino. Um, Joey and I met in a leadership seminar class at UC my fifth year of school there at the time I was doing civil engineering. Joey, what was your major? Entrepreneurship. Okay, so that, and you told me, Joey, you are, give, give me what you would describe yourself as today, right now. Um, I kind of do a wide variety of things. I'm currently full-time in investment real estate, um, and then I'm also picking back up in the training. Uh, the previous five years of my life, I was like full-time training, um, and then I went and traveled the world for a year, and now I've come back, and I'm kind of figuring myself out, doing a wide variety of things. All right. So when we met, kind of where were you in your, in your plan of things? So you, when did you start training? When I was 18, so and you're five years ago. Okay. I'm 23 now. 23 now. Right. So I went. I played college football for a semester at okay. Indiana State, and then I came back and got my ACE certification and started personal training. Then, then I think I met you probably my third year of college. Okay. Um, so I was doing full-time training then, mm-hmm. and then going to school as well. All right, right on. And how did you? come across that class I'm just curious because I thought that was for me it was like part of my major it was like an elective I could take I didn't know is that the same I actually wasn't even in the class that's right I that's right knew Greg and would just pop in occasionally okay that's what it was I was trying to remember because he knew you already how did you meet him we don't know like <laughs> we it just like happened and like we always talk and we're I don't I don't remember yeah I think Crossroads possibly, okay or just being around on UC he knows everybody right on so at that time what was your vision for yourself at then? What were you like working toward? What kind of things were you thinking about? So, I'm trying to remember. My mind every like um, every month yeah. it changes, but I, I remember. It. I would assume back then I would want to open a gym. Okay, uh, that was my vision for a long time, which still someday might be. Yeah, but um, not at this time. So you were whole hog on the training though. Like yeah. that was the main direction of focus. I was probably seven days a week from. Four in the morning until nine at night. Yeah, with just cranking scattered. Them out in the trenches. Yeah, school scattered in there, but yeah, it was all day every day. Right on. Um, did you know already? Because you told me you kind of always been interested in investing, and now you do. What's your What's your official title? You said investment advisor, kind of. Yeah, investment yeah, advising. Um, when did you know that that was the direction you were going to shift toward? Um, I think before I started traveling. Okay. Um, I think it was kind of in my vision to go travel, be free for a year, and then come back and kind of get into that. Yeah. Um, with my dad and uncles, and a few of my mentors are actually in it. Um, just seeing the freedom that they have and stuff, it was something that I was like, ah, that would be, that'd be pretty cool. So, yeah, I'd say probably right before I started traveling, and then when it really clicked was when I was in Peru, and I was debating on going to Asia to teach English because mm-hmm. I was still like, oh, I want to be like wanderlust and I just had the travel bug. But after being in like third world country for it was like two or three months, I was like, all right, I'm ready to go home and like get a job and make some money. Yeah. So next time I travel, I can give back a little bit more and help people. Okay. 
So that was so 2017 is when I met you. You, had, you said you had another year. Yep, I graduated in 2018. 2018. Okay, and then when did you first leave, or when were you planning that travel? Was that a, like a hurrah, finish college travel, or like? I had what? always wanted to do it. I okay. think I called my mom. The amount of times we had arguments, I'd call her all the time and be like, "Hey, I'm quitting school. I'm going. I'm going <laughs> somewhere." Um, so yeah, I graduated. I guess it was December of 2018, and then I left that February. Okay. And then I just got back. So I was gone for about 11 months. Oh, you graduated in the fall. Yeah. So, did you do three and a half years? Four, four and, and a half, half years. Yeah, okay. I was a semester late. I see. Right on. And then decide. So, but you had it planned before you graduated. Yeah. Like, and that was to see the world was the goal. Like that yeah. was this the main thing. Yeah. I had literally no like. At first, I was gonna go to Costa Rica, and then something happened there, and uh, my mom was like, "You should go somewhere else. It's not safe there." So then I was like, "Fine, I'll start in Puerto Rico because it's U.S. territory. It's a little bit easier." Then the week before I was going there, they had the most shootings in a week in the history, or so, I don't know. And then everyone was like, oh, don't go there, it's not safe. And I was like, nope, I'm going. Like, if it, whatever happens, happens. So I went and um, came back 11 months later. So where all did you go? How many places? It looked like you were all over. Yeah, so I'll just give you a little rundown. I was in Puerto Rico for two months, and then I went to Cuba, and then over to Italy. And I went up the coast of Italy. Then I hit Spain, down the coast of Portugal, and that's where I actually ran out of time in Europe. Like, I didn't know it was a thing. I thought my visa reset in each oh, country. Oh, yeah. So um, one morning, someone was like, yeah, like, your visa's up. Like, so I went to this coffee shop because I, I didn't have a phone while I was traveling. I had to get, hack onto Wi-Fi. And uh, I get there, and they're like, yeah, we close in 15 minutes. And I was like, shoot. So I looked up. Where can you go to reset your visa? And it was like in the Balkans. So I went over the uh, flight website, picked the first flight, and then I flew over to Croatia um, 12 hours later. So you could get, your visa hadn't expired, it was about to expire, you said? So it was kind of a weird situation. I was on day 60. Uh -huh. And I had, yeah, I had 90 days. I was on day 60. But I had a 30-day job okay. the next month. So I had to save. If I would have went over one day, I wouldn't have been able to finish that job that I was coming back for. I got you. So I went over to Croatia, and then I went to Bosnia, Montenegro, Albania, and then I went. We walked all the way across Poland. I did a pilgrimage, and then I went to the Czech Republic, and then from there, um, London, and then I went down to South America, Colombia, wow. and Peru. So you probably got a lot of different perspectives than doing that. So many. Yeah. It was like every day it was just like I would wake up and have no idea what was about to happen. What was the shortest time you spent anywhere? Um, Montenegro. I think I was only there for a weekend, three days. Oh, okay. Is that so, plenty of time still to see most things in that area? Or? No. No. Um, it wasn't somewhere I was really passionate about seeing. That was okay. kind of a stop. Yeah. Over there, the buses, it's like an overnight bus, and I was like, I might as well stay for a few days instead of just skipping through so I got you and then all of that took a, a year you said yeah. yeah a year wow what's that like being away from all the normal like that for that long I love it yeah yeah what did you did you save up before that or did you just try and go as cheap as possible doing it I like definitely that? budgeted yeah um, but yeah I didn't really have any expenses in college okay um, and then I worked full-time basically so I definitely had a cushion and was very comfortable with my financial situation but yeah um, I did this program called WorkAway. Um, so 
in Puerto Rico, Italy, Poland, Spain, and Colombia, I got free living and free food. Oh, okay. In exchange for some type of work. So yeah. I did like, I worked in a hostel, I taught English, I led a pilgrimage, worked in another hostel. Um, yeah, I had a few different jobs, um, which was a really cool experience. I'll bet. So helps you save money for sure. Yeah. Because you just you strike me as a very outdoorsy person, so I didn't know if you would go like full hostel or anything. Like, yeah, that's basically like, what I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's that like? Like living that way? Have you is been it, in one? No, I haven't. So that's I what I'm curious. Would recommend it to everybody in the yeah. world. It was like the first one I lived in in Puerto Rico. There's I don't know 50 people maybe, and wow. within a day I had met people from like countries I had never heard of, and like it just opened your eyes to so much. Were they also doing the same thing you, just trying to see the world, or? That's the cool thing, like you'll meet people, you'll meet billionaires, you'll meet people who have never worked a day in their life, who are volunteering their whole life, you'll meet pe people of all kinds. Yeah. So that's what I really enjoyed about it. It's like, once you get in that like age, race, religion, none of that matters. Yeah. You just talk to people and like learn about their life and it's really cool. Right on. What are some of the biggest takeaways you got from your travels? I know it's hard to really distill down a year into a couple sentences, but um, if anything that stood out, it doesn't even have to be informational, just something that was really cool. Um, probably just that like anything is possible. Like, yeah. The stories that you hear, um, so many inspirational stories of people who had nothing and came to something or yeah, just you, figuring out yourself kind of I guess that'd probably be another big one do you mean anyone um, specific that you remember that they had like a real interesting um I mean every single person I met had a cool story I bet yeah um but actually I think I'd take that back and say figuring out yourself is the biggest takeaway okay um just that there's so many ways like we kind of talked about earlier there's so many ways to live yeah and like I met people who were 35 years old and like the happiest people I'd ever met and they had never worked. They'd been volunteering for 15 years. Yeah. And then I've also met 65 year olds who are backpacking with their spouse, 18 year olds who are on break from high school or whatever. And it's just like, there's a million ways to do it if you figure out what makes you happy and what gives you energy Yeah. and just go after that, things, opportunities just come. Yeah. And everything seems to work out. Absolutely, that's awesome. Uh, what did you do since you're a you know, fitness enthusiast? How did you uh, manage your training tra with so much travel? Because that's tough to do. I think I probably worked out less than five times Yeah. over the year I was gone. Um, Just I getting mean, enough activity probably. Yeah, every yeah. day was like, we were outside all day every day on the beach in Puerto Rico, swimming, surfing. So I, wouldn't, I didn't do like a set workout, right. but every day was, I'd probably walk 10 to 20 miles a day yeah. Spend a lot of time in the ocean. Um, and that's all you really and need. And then I, I always eat clean. I've yeah. never really had a sweet tooth or anything. Okay. Was that hard to do? It's probably actually pretty easy to do, right? I'm sure most, most places, because it's just basics. Yeah. They don't have anything fancy that they sugar up. and. <laughs> right. Yeah. I definitely splurged a little bit. Yeah. Like in uh, Portugal and Albania, they're known for their sweets. I definitely didn't hold back, but... Right, you guys, try and... 90% 90, 90 of the time, I stuck to how I usually eat. Right on. But, uh, so you said, really, you didn't do much working out. What, what kind of... Do you, do you prefer that lifestyle, if you could do that, where it's just... 
if you could sustain that, would that be something you would do? Where just every day you're just um, out doing things instead of the normal, like, you know, you got to work, work out, do that, you know? Yeah. I definitely think I could if I had, next time I do it, I want to have a purpose. Okay. This time I felt, like the first half of it, it was amazing. Party, yeah. had fun, every day was exciting. But after a point, it's like, what's my, like I wasn't providing value to anybody. Okay. Like I was sharing my story, cool. Yeah. But like, I was in these places and you'd see people sleeping in trash cans and we're over here just having a ball. Uh-huh. And I was like, I didn't really feel like I had any purpose. And That's- after a little bit of time, it's... I feel like I need that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting to put it, having value to others. That's, that is something cool to strive for always. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's always, you know, you can do things for yourself. But, yeah, like you said, if you're just meandering about, what's, what's the point? I right. mean, having fun is cool, but there's a lot more behind it than just the excitement or the stimulation of right. it. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. And then you were scheduled to come back at a certain time. Was that the plan always? Or I know you said you're... Because your visa got mixed up, but yeah, um, yeah, I was always planning on coming back around. I surprised my family on Christmas. Oh, okay, so I always knew that. But yeah. after that, it was up in the air if I was going to go to Asia or not. Okay. So I always had that date to come back, but then I didn't know if I was going to go to Asia or stay. Yeah, and you decided to stay. Yep. So let's say you know you're about coming back, ready to go. Where was your head at then? Like, were you? Itching to start this job, or did, how yeah. did that unfold? Okay. Like, the pa- two weeks I was, the last two weeks I was in Peru, I, I woke up every morning, I was like, I'm ready to be home and start working. Yeah. Because I just saw all the people, I still wear this wristband, and I bought from a lady, she was probably 90 years old, on the side of the road, selling these for 10 cents. Wow. And I was like, that I, I know obviously, like, it's different here, but yeah. that's not really a realistic scenario. But I was like, it was kind of like a visual for me that I didn't want to be in that situation. Um, And I want to be, on the other hand, being able to help people. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so I was like, I want to, because I have a passion for making money and I have a mind for investing and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I can't put it to waste because I have this... Um, strength and skill and if I put it to use I'll be able to help a lot of people okay and so when you say you have a passion for making money you're not you're not necessarily saying um I'm getting rich but you're saying you have a skill to help people make money right yeah 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 more a passion um I mean it all comes back to me for the building relationships and helping others Mm -hmm. um and one of the ways I do that is through making money and I just have that I should have said a passion for investing I really understand it and stuff. No, I, which I, I saw what you mean. The outcome of that is making money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, I guess, wealth building, passive income, um, yeah, compound interest, that kind of thing. Okay. But you're still, you said you still do a couple classes of training on the side right now because yep. you still enjoy doing that. Yep. And then since this uh, quarantine started, I've actually been doing a lot more than that. Yeah. So I have about probably eight one-on-one people that I'm working with. Okay. Um, and then, I guess I haven't been doing any classes, but I've been doing one-on-ones. I see. Um, that take up a pretty good amount of my time. Yeah. And then I created that online program. Yeah, um, tell me about that. That looked pretty cool. What yeah, so um, a bunch of people had just been reaching out to me that they're stuck at home, they don't have any equipment, and I kind of was like 
forgot that that was like a scenario because yeah. I just I guess I took for granted that I had all the equipment at my house that I would at a gym. Um, so then I was thinking I was like, well, instead of texting each of these people an individual workout every time they text me, I'm just going to build a program. So I didn't really have much going on, so I sat down for a week and built a program with uh, 62 no equipment body weight exercises. Um, yeah. So, so your program tells like, so you have a video library of things. Do you have set workout templates that it's like you can do this, and then you refer to the video if you need to see? Is that how it yep, works? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So at the top of every page, I'll have a three to five minute video of me talking and explaining the workout, mm -hmm. and then anything that you don't understand, you can just click on it, and a video will pop up. Okay. So I just hyperlinked a video of every exercise on the page to the workout so how many workout how many different workouts do you have there's 12 12 and so it's three a week for for a month oh nice so good that's kind of how i broke it up monday wednesday week. friday for a month yeah and you said how many videos again 12 videos and then six how many i guess different exercises yeah 62 make. okay wow how long does it take to make 62 uh a long time yeah and how many takes uh i don't know if they <laughs> saw this but uh the first I had my mom help me record it. Yeah. And, uh, the first time we finished it, and I started looking at him, and the whole thing was in slow mo. So, we had to retake it. Every video. Yeah. Oh wow! I did see the slow mo, but I thought maybe it was just like a one-off thing. No. Yeah. So we had to redo the whole thing the next morning, and then none of those would upload. Which I'm not tech savvy. Next time I'm doing this, I'm getting a <laughs> tech team in there to figure this stuff out because. It, they would probably do it in five minutes. It took me 20 hours. Jeez. But, um, yeah, it wouldn't upload because it was not the right format or something. And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know. So I just deleted them all and did the same exact thing. And then the next time it uploaded. So I don't know what the problem was. But yeah. it took three tries. Looks like you said you're going to have a blooper reel, too. Yeah. Some outtakes. Yeah. That would be fun. A lot of bloopers. But uh, you, you enjoyed that? Is that something new you would consider doing more of now? Yes, Yeah. definitely. Doing the um, online... I actually really enjoyed it because I got to reach, like, some of my friends in the Czech Republic. Um, got a couple in Italy. Um, can't think where else right now, but I got friends in some other countries that I would never be able to work with if it yeah. wasn't for an online program. That's cool. So you're doing online programming. Are you doing like virtual training at all? I'm not. It's something okay. I'm interested in. Yeah. Have you been into? I. Actually, want no part of that. I'm doing programming for people, and I'm doing some one-on-one uh, -on -one still in home and whatnot. Uh, I don't know. To me, it's like I don't feel it's a very effective medium. But that's just me. I, th yeah. I think there's plenty of people out there that are probably doing it really well, yeah. and people are getting a benefit from it. I I don't I don't enjoy it, and right. I, I I'm at a point in my life where I'm <laughs> I'm done doing things just for the money. There's nothing wrong doing things for money, but I also want to enjoy it. Like right. I'm not gonna. I don't know. There's a. I don't. You familiar with a guy named Gary Vee? He's a very popular yeah. guy. Yeah. And he always says like the second you do something that you hate for the money, you lose. I don't know if it's that hardcore that I agree with that, but the same like you know, it's like if I'm not enjoying my time, I'm a big fan of Gary Vee. Yeah. Yeah. So again, maybe it's just because I don't know. I, don't, I haven't thought of an effective way to do it, but uh, I like doing programming, and I like doing the personal, if the personal training being there is my favorite thing right. to do. One-on-one -on -one is my favorite thing to do, more than any classes or anything, and I just feel like with, if I'm looking through this lens at someone, 
I, I feel like I'm not offering them any more benefit than I would if I just were handing them a program. Right. I don't, I don't know. And I, like I said, maybe I'm other people I'm big on are, the in-person as well. Yeah. And I've always, everyone's saying, everything's going online. And I'm like, I don't think it will. I don't think it like, will. Because like human interaction is so important. Yeah. I think the social uh, aspect of it. It's not the same yeah. if you're across a screen. I think it's good for like if you can't like for whatever you know because personal it ain't cheap so if you can't afford if you can only afford you know virtual or online and programming like i, I offer programming to people because i'm like i understand like you don't want to you know you don't want to have this service but you're interested in something else that's fine um but i do the the best product i think you can deliver if you want to look at it that way which is kind of coarse to think about but is that being there, that coaching, that one-on-one -on -one attention? Yep. That's that's where you're going to get the best results out, right. of, out of anything. Um, but yeah, it, to to sum it back up, no, I have not tried the virtual training, and I probably I probably won't unless something changes. But who? I mean, who knows? It's hard yeah. to tell. Go bit yeah. day by day. See yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to get your take. Just curious to see if you had thought. You said you're interested, though, right? Yeah. Don't, don't I would, let me discourage you. I would definitely try it out. Yeah. Um, and see what happens but i'm just like you i love being in person that's yeah. my favorite but like you said some people it's not realistic for them to be in person if they're out of state or right location location price whatever price, it is timing so, like yeah. yeah i can't get to you whatever so, it is yeah i would definitely try it i was actually talking i don't even remember who i was talking to this morning one of my friends in a different country with a different time zone that's and awesome. i was uh i said i would think about doing some online stuff yeah um so we'll see. see so from here, where uh, what's it like right now? Again, we're in a weird situation. But uh, if we if we were at our our normal, which I say in quotations because nothing's really normal. But if we we're up and running full go, what would your ideal situation be? Because you are working full time, but you still want to do some training. How's how's that balancing that? Right. I I think I'm still trying to figure that out. Okay. Because I have I was just writing in my journal the other day. I have about five or six things that I'm working on right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out that balance of what I should be putting the most time into, what's next. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm really excited about right now is I'm going to start a big group fitness class. Okay. Um, I'm still figuring out the details, but it's going to be every Saturday. Um, somewhere in Cincinnati, I'm thinking Sawyer Point, somewhere oh, okay. downtown. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to be a free boot camp. Um just to get people out because I talk to so many people and um, that want to train and stuff. And like we've mentioned, sometimes weekdays or costs are just not realistic for people. So I was like, I'll get everybody involved Saturday morning, free boot camp. That's awesome, um, man. So that's like what I'm really excited about. Yeah. Um, I really have a passion for teaching in front of big groups. Mm -hmm. um, the more people, the more energized I feel. I get you. Yeah. So, I was like, it'll be a perfect win-win for everybody. Right on. Uh, what do you have like a not necessarily a goal, but just a direction you're looking to take with all that? Like, so you want your, your Saturday camp and then uh -huh. maintain your position there for. I mean, I, I don't know. You you can say you don't know yet. You're just taking it day by day. But yeah, do you have a direction with that that balance of how much you want that? You said you're kind of figuring it out, but right. Um. Yeah, I guess. I don't really know, because I really love the fitness and the real estate stuff. And mm -hmm. then the third thing that I would say is, like, um, travel. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to incorporate all three of those to flow flow well. Um, what I was doing for the few weeks before all this started was 
real estate in the mornings and then fitness stuff in the afternoons. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I guess to answer your question, no, I'm still trying to figure that's, it out. That's fair enough, man. We all are. I'm trying to figure this stuff out as well. Um, what are you doing with yourself right now with all the, like, this situation you're doing you said you have pretty extensive equipment at home what's yeah. your kind of training been like lately so getting back into it after all the travel yeah 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 um right now i'm doing i've cut back to three days a week okay. of resistance training yeah which comes in the form of weights body weight or bands um depending on the day so tuesday thursday saturday i'll do a full body resistance training mm-hmm. um every other day I just try to be as active as possible, outside yeah. as much as possible. I play some tennis. Um, once it gets warmer, I'll play a lot of sand volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every single morning, I do a 30-minute morning routine, which is just movement and breathing yeah. and that kind of thing. But for my resistance training, just uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Right on. That's awesome. Let's go. We'll take kind of a step back. I do want to get get into the philosophy of your approach to things. And I always like to ask everyone, you, you told me when you started, but what, what got you like into training? Like what, what, anything that doesn't matter when or where, but significant that kind of spurred your interest in it or got you into it. Right. Yeah. So I'd say back when I was about 13 years mm-hmm. old, um, I was deciding if I wanted to go to Moeller or St. X. Mm-hmm. Um, sports were like my life back then. Yeah. Like it was, Same way. I wanted to play every pro sport you could think of. Um, so I grew up going to all the St. X games and I saw all those dudes out there who were going to Notre Dame, Ohio State, all these big schools. And I was like, holy moly, like that's in four years. Yeah. Like those dudes are huge. So that's when I kind of just started doing my push-ups, sit-ups, and I'd do my own research on like nutrition, what I need to be eating. Um, and then my freshman year at X, I met coach Carlo, coach Ivan, coach Hatton, um, and then some other coaches as well. But those were our main three strength coaches back then. And um, that's when I just fell in love with it. Because they, they always preached, like, if you put in the work, you're going to get the result. And that's just what you have to do. And um, so I bought into it, and it paid off. Right on. So that's when I would say probably when I was 14 years old is when I really started hitting it pretty it. hard. And then you said 18, you started training people. Yeah, 18 is when I got my certification to train other people. What was the shift from your enjoyment of training and working out yourself to wanting to train other people? I think I always had wanted to. Okay. I think just during high school, I don't think it was reasonable. To, yeah. I don't even know if you can get certified before 18. I don't, I don't know the rules. I'm, but I'm new to the game. I don't, I don't recall, but um, yeah, basically I was just in high school and I knew... I didn't know it was an option. Yeah. If, if it was an option in high school, I probably would have done it. Okay, I see what um, you're saying. You said you like education, you like being yeah. able to teach things. Yeah. So, I mean, those go I hand probably hand. did. I mean, I worked out a lot of people in high school. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't call it training, but right. I still gave a lot of advice and tips and wrote workouts for people yeah, I in high school. That. But it became a job, I guess, when I was 18. Okay, right on. And then when I met you, you seem to be into the CrossFit uh, circuit. I was. Are you still doing any of that? Has that I, kind of fallen off? Yeah, what? it's kind of fallen off. Yeah, what I did, uh, I did a couple competitions, and mm-hmm. I loved it. Okay. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, saw some ridiculous gains, and it was just a fun overall, cool atmosphere. Um, I just located my wrist, and then after that, 
I was just like, I don't think it's worth it. Like yeah. every workout I did, I was in pain. Okay. With all the burpees and sh overhead press and power cleans yeah. and snatches, every single movement, I was just like, ah, like my wrists got a little bit worse every day. And then luckily the timing, right when all that happened is when I started traveling and I was like, okay, well, it just seemed like it lined up. Yeah, it just lined up and I kind of lost passion for it as well. Cause I was like, it wasn't something, I think I kind of did it cause I missed Honestly, probably because I didn't know who I was at the time. Hmm. I missed the competition Trump, of football. Yeah. yeah. I knew that. But then I just kind of was lost, I guess. I didn't. And I was like, oh, it was a good way to get my mind off of things. Yeah. Throw absolutely. yourself in there and just thousand burpees, like, yeah. whatever. I mean, it's a get after it mentality, yeah. which is attractive to a lot of athletes because that's, that's what sports are. It's right. shut up and go, let's do it, you know, type right. of deal. Which that's, was, I guess, where I was for a little bit of my life. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, I've just started recently after I finished my travels, really figuring out what I enjoy. Okay. And looking back, it's like it didn't really align with who I am now, but maybe it did when I was At doing that all time. of that. So. What? What? When did you first start getting into that? Into CrossFit specifically. Um, I think 2017, maybe. Oh, so right around the time I met you, that it was, was right around kind of getting into that. 21st birthday or 20. 20th or 21st birthday is when I did my first competition. Okay. So. Right on. Um, are there, was there stuff before that? What were you kind of doing before that? Like, what was your interest uh, as far as as far as far your own training? And then we'll kind of get into then you training people. But first, yourself. So, I'll say through, after I finished college football, mm -hmm. until I started CrossFit, I tried everything you could imagine. Mm -hmm. Like, every diet, workout, if I saw something, I was trying it. Yeah. And... There's months when I'd lose 30 pounds, and there's months when I'd gain 30 pounds. My body was like, phew, like all over the place. I yeah. went vegan for three months. I tried uh, any anything you could imagine. I yeah. tried it. Um, so that's what I was doing then. I was just throwing myself and trying a bunch of different stuff to see what see what happened. Um, so yeah. And then that gained your attraction, and then you did it enough. You found what you didn't like about it, and decided to. It wasn't your thing anymore. Right. What uh, What are you doing now? What are you thinking? Just you said three days a week, but is there, I don't know, a goal? Are you trying to compete in anything? Are you just trying? What's so what's right now? My goals there? are um, to have a lot of energy. Okay. Um, feel good. Yeah. And just like longevity. That's like, awesome. That's my main thing right now. Just focusing on the long term. Um, I realized like if I would have kept doing what I was doing. I would have not been able to move in 10 years. I would have yes. been so sore and beat up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, now I'm kind of focused more on stretching, um, not as much heavy stuff. Mm -hmm. I still do heavy squats probably once a week. Yeah. Um, but I used to do it probably four or five days a week. You want to... I'm in a similar spot where I want to feel good every day. I don't want to wake up the next day and be like, oh, I'm wrecked from that workout. Like, right. I want every day to be a day that I get better, not that I just beat myself to hell. Right. Um, I will I take this from where I was before at Cincinnati Functional Fitness, but we always said, you know, it's it's easy as a trainer to make someone tired. It's harder to make someone better. Right. And it's like trying to approach that paradigm when you're training people and with your own fitness of 
do I want this to be something that I'm actually growing from or am I just abusing myself doing right. this, you know? Yeah. And it's a fine line because there's, there's absolute times for savagery, which is awesome. Right. But then it's... And it totally depends on the goal. And it, exactly. That's like, number one. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, for someone that's trying to make it to the Olympics in the next four years, like, you're going to have to go through those days. Mm -hmm. But for someone that doesn't want to get to the Olympics and just wants to feel good, maybe you don't. It's a but, different thing. Um, but I still wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Um, going through all that taught me so much just about, like, if you put in the work, you're going to get the result you want. Absolutely. And it translates to anything in life. Like, it might not be fun, it might not be comfortable, but if you put in the work and effort, like, you're going to get a good result. Absolutely. So, let's talk you as a trainer then, and we'll just, we'll just go with, you know, where you're at now. What, uh, what, what is, and it's hard to narrow down, but kind of what is your approach to things? Or I know every client case can be different, but generally, uh, I guess, what is your mission as a trainer? Right. Um, kind of like you mentioned earlier, um, I'm trying to provide value to what the person on the other end wants. Mm -hmm. um, so I've worked with people from ages 8 up to 60 plus. I've worked with obese people, super skinny people trying to gain weight. Um, I think it totally depends on each individual thing. Yes. I am very basic. Yeah. Um, I love the basics. Like you could give me a squat, a push-up, a plank, and a pull-up, and I could create a million workouts off of those four movements. Mm -hmm. um, I have a little Excel document with every variation of squat. Just from a squat, I think I could come up with 40 types of squats. Yeah tempos, that kind of thing. So I'm super big on the basics. Almost every workout I do, um, no matter what the fitness level, incorporates those four. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that would be, I'm just back to the basics um, and mastering those. Right on. Where um, where do you do most of your learning from? I mean, it could, like me, I, I, I am all over the place. So I'm asking these questions that I probably wouldn't even have an answer to. No, I love it. <laughs> But uh, what, where do you, yeah, most of your learning in this field from? What do you, what do you like to look through? Um, I've honestly probably just from experience. Yeah. Like, I ask tons of questions. Every single person I ever trained under, mm -hmm. um, gym owner I met, I asked all the questions. And I think from all that, I kind of gathered my own. Yeah. And, like, recently I've just kind of been relying on my own intuition and mm -hmm. what I've learned. Um, I wouldn't say I look too much more, or I, I guess I don't study much more training mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I've kind of found what I think works yeah. for me and for people. Um, yeah, so I'd say I probably study more nutrition stuff now because that's okay. really what, um, I'm still all over the place. I'm like, yeah. I love hearing everyone's different opinions on that. But on the training side, I'd say I've kind of found my little groove. Yeah. So what do you what do you eat like then? You said you eat pretty clean, but like detail. Detail, yeah. Yeah. Um, so right now, I'm very basic with what I eat as well. Mm -hmm. Just like my training, I eat a lot of fruits, vegetables, nuts and beans. That's what I try to eat throughout the day. Yeah. And then at nighttime, I'll have um, some sort of potatoes, rice, and then uh, chicken, fish. Um, Black bean burger, something like okay. that. Okay, so mix of whole foods of some kind. Yeah. Um, I just basically my rule is if it's one ingredient, 
it's a, it's a go. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then I don't eat tons of meat and fish. Okay. I'd say I'm I'm not vegan. I'm not vegetarian. You're very Mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah. I eat I eat fish and chicken probably once a week. Fish two or three times a week. Okay. Um, and then the rest I eat eggs occasionally. Yeah. No but, red meat. Um, I'm not opposed to it. Just, you we, just don't. We eat bison typically. every once in a while. Okay. Um, for dinner, I'm usually, we eat with the family. Yeah. So whatever they make, I'll eat. Um, I'm not super picky as long as it's one ingredient. That's my rule. Do you, now as far as like, do you track macro counting, schedule anything? Nope. That's awesome. You? Yeah. No, I'm, uh, I'm at a point where I eat if I'm hungry and if I'm not, I don't. I tend to, I almost never eat breakfast because mm -hmm. I've never been hungry in the morning. Um, I think but if there's good. a day I wake up and I'm hungry, I'm going to eat something. Right. Uh, I probably don't eat as clean as you do. I probably 80-20 rule because mm -hmm. um, I like to eat stuff. Yeah. I eat a lot of meat because that's what makes me feel, I, like I could eat red meat all day and I feel my best. Like right. I've, I've considered trying the carnivore thing, but I also really like, I don't, I have a couple of I like that vegetables carnivore, too though. So I'm like, why would I want to give that up? I don't know. Right. But just out of curiosity, like you, it's like, I want to try something to learn it. Right. But, uh, but yeah, I, to me that never worked, uh, for me. And I don't, I don't know. You never met me at, you met me at actually my leanest probably. Um, so I was probably two years before you met me. I was about 260. Wow. Um, on my same frame, which was not flattering. And for me, the, that, the approach of just just whole foods and eat when you're hungry worked really well to get really down. And it was it was actually interesting because at the time I met you, I was finding that I was going too far the other way. And I, I did do a little bit of the like, oh, force the fast, oh, stop, you know, I gotta be in the calorie deficit. Yeah. And I could see my performance and things just tank. Right. And so for me, that was around like 195. Um, I found that when I went back up to 205, I was playing rugby at the time, like I got faster, my energy was way better for games. And so for me, like that was like my, my best playing weight, which started this whole process of, I approach everything as a balance or a pendulum. It's like, there's definitely, you know, a middle to everything and everyone's middle is a little different right. too. But uh, yeah, I, I like to keep it as simple as possible. Yeah, it's, I think that's the best way to do what's, it. Yeah, you know, and obviously, processed crap is not good for you uh try and avoid that as much as possible but also if, if, if it's going to satisfy you for the day as long as it doesn't become overkill it's, it's a balance you know right. do what you're going to do i'm 100%. not going to if my friends are a pizza i don't want to be the guy that's like i can't eat that right so if of there's pizza not. there i'm gonna eat fucking pizza you right know? It, it's you interesting when i was in italy dude yeah i, I blew up I, yeah i gained probably 15 pounds while i was there because it was just <laughs> pasta bread and wine all day, every day. Yeah, and I was like, it's it's whatever. Well, it's I'm not what gonna I'm not gonna fast for a no. month or go out of my way to. I was like, I'm gonna enjoy it, live like they live, and yeah, whatever. You're trying to immerse yourself. The goal was to immerse yourself in that area, so do everything you can for that. Right. Yeah, I, so, I get you. I'm definitely the same as you. Like, I, I, I still eat sweets. Like, I'm not gonna say I don't, but yeah, when I'm at my own house, I don't. Like, yeah. we don't buy sweets. We eat all one ingredient foods, mm -hmm. but when I'm out after a night out or whatever, like I would definitely eat some yeah. whatever. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Tell me about your experience with, because uh, you said you've, you've done the way you gain 30 pounds in a month, you drop it, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
What was that all? Was that were you trying to change physique? Were you was it based on your exercise goals? What was going on with that stuff? It was basically just like I would find a program like I can't think back that far right now, but I'd, I'd see someone who would say, okay, this is the best program. This is what you have yeah. to do. Yeah. And I'd be like, all right, I'm going to try this. And then I'd find a diet, and it would be like, this is the only way to do it, whatever. I'd be like, all right, this month I'm doing this diet, this workout program, and see what happens. Oh, and you just, whatever yeah. the results there were, was you no, just dealt with. There was no goal on okay. my end. It was to see what happens. Yeah. So the months that I, I remember the one month when I'd lost a lot of weight, it was when I was vegan, and I was matching it with like a pretty high cardio training i remember mm -hmm. i was running a lot i don't okay. exactly remember the program but i remember one day i got home and it was at like two o'clock and i fell asleep and didn't wake up until the next morning and i was like this is not healthy for me <laughs> like i literally lost probably 30 months and three or four or 30 pounds in a month yeah that's and quick <laughs> i was like i had zero energy i was like this skinny and that's when i was like okay next yeah <laughs> try the next one so what do you do to approach that with your clients um you know because they'll probably if you share a similar experience to me they'll come to you with something that they read about a certain thing and like they'll they'll be whole hog ready to do that diet or that type of training right how do you uh with nutrition or with training how do you do that because I, i'm not one to say uh, as a trainer, I'm not really here to tell you what's best for you or what to do. I'm here to help you figure that out with you. Um, but it, but it is, you know, you you are paying for a service for my quote unquote expertise or knowledge in this area to help you figure that out. Um, what do you do with stuff like that where someone approaches you, hey, I'm going to try this vegan thing. I'm going to try, you know, like I'm I'm all for it. I'm like, try it out, see if mm -hmm. it works for you. Yeah. Um, I think we think similar on that page. Um, I don't think my way is the only way, and I yeah. don't think my way is the best way. Yeah. I think it's the best way for me. Um, but I have tons of friends in the industry who are carnivore, vegan, mm -hmm. you name it, and they can match my energy. And great. Like, that works for them. This works for me. And um, I think it just depends on your lifestyle. And I'm totally for you trying it out, but make sure you're tracking it and seeing if it's working or not mm -hmm. and don't believe or don't I guess don't get in your mind what you're supposed to be feeling yeah because then it's a psychological game and it comes out to oh yeah I feel this but like are you really feeling that or is it because all these people are telling you that's what you should feel right um so I think it's yeah just get into it and see what you're actually feeling and, and just be, a self be honest about with yourself it as possible. yeah yeah because like when I was vegan, I was all in. Yeah. I was like, this is the best, this is this. And I was lying to myself for three weeks. <laughs> and it was that fourth week when I fell asleep and woke up and I was like, holy moly, I feel horrible. I was like, yeah, I was not really feeling good the past no, three I weeks. It was, I was trying to hype up my mind to get all in. No, it's easy to fall into that trap, like you said, because other people are telling you or just whatever other influences. Like I... When I first saw it, I've been doing over the last, I guess, year and a half now. I stopped rugby for a while, just multiple reasons, but one, to not get injured. And, you know, unfortunately, as safe of a game as I promote it to be, stuff can still happen. And I was trying to do this job, so it just didn't make sense if I had to wear a cast or be in a boot or something. So I switched to more strength sports like powerlifting. And I, I want to get, I'm meant to get in a strong man, but this kind of put a, 
this whole situation put a pin in that for a little while. Um, and it is weird that I, I, I just I dove into the pirate like, like we're doing it. You know, I got to have heavy every day, do this stuff. And I got to a point where my joints started hurting. I feel like crap and all this. And it, it is weird that, like, like you said, you can tell yourself all you want. It was forever. I was just in it, in it, going, grinding, hurting. Like, oh, well, I'll just stretch. I'll just do all this extra recovery work and be fine. Right. And, and for me, I found that once I let go of trying to do what the powerlifters say to do and do what I want to do to make myself as strong as possible, they, I, not only did I feel better, but actually my scores went up too. Right. And, and, and like you said, it's just you have to figure out what your own thing is. And and for me, like honestly, I was going to do a comp the end of May. I doubt that's going to happen now. I'm still training like it is just in case. Heck yeah. Um, but like I have like one day a week maybe where I actually do powerlifting and like the rest of it's mostly like movement and shit. And yeah. it's like, and for whatever reason, that's has what's worked best for me. Will that work for everyone? No, but I do think you run the risk of the the downside of the fitness industry is it is very compartmentalized. It is very us versus them right now. Mm-hmm. It is. I think it's getting a lot better. I think I've met a lot more people like you that are kind of like, well, it just depends. And it's what is you know, it's it's contextual. It's yeah. not is or isn't. It's just what are we working toward here. Um, and it is, like I said, with powerlifting, that's a camp. CrossFit's a big one. And then there's, like, the the functional training surge, which I'm kind of behind, but also they have their own camp where they're, like, you know, never touch weights, do, like, all this stuff, and it's just yeah. crazy. All right, we're back. Sort of technical difficulties. We'll get it straightened out. Um, but anyway, as I was saying, I, I, I'm glad that I feel like at least the direction's being pushed more in a... Um, I don't know word to use, uh, Venn diagram approach, I guess, where everyone's got their camps, but they're trying to find that middle ground. Um, going back to kind of where, where you're at with everything, um, I, I know it is, it's goal dependent and it's all, it's all about the client and everything. Um, but what are, what are some things like that you really want to get into working with? Like, are there any niche uh, areas of training that you're interested in? Um, I would say like big group classes is my ideal. Yeah. Um, right now I'm envisioning some sort of band, some loop band and handle band. Okay. A big group outdoor setting. Yeah. Is, um, is really what I'm shooting for right now. Um, I still love working in gyms and working with people with specific goals, but um, I really, really enjoy the social aspect of a big group class. Um, and being outside is also one of the most important things to me, and I love it. Um, so that's what I'm working towards right now. So, and you said outside specifically is what you are wanting to do. Right. So we'll see how that goes when it's cold out, but yeah, um, it's perfect timing right now coming up on spring and summer, at least here in Cincinnati. Um, and then in the winter, I guess, we'll see what happens. Now, when you do something like that in a public place, I, I actually know nothing about that, come to think. Like, do you have to get a permit or anything? Do you know? I, I guess know. if it's free, you probably don't, because you're technically not providing a cert, a service right. of any kind. I don't like. I think there's a million ways around it. I mean, I've seen them. I know. I shouldn't say I've seen. I know of a ton of trainers who use public places, mm-hmm. and nothing no is fine. Um, I'm sure there probably is some legal liabilities and stuff, yeah. but 
um, yeah, mine's going to be free, and um, I guess i got to figure out. There might have to be a waiver or something, mm -hmm. but I'll figure that stuff out. So how do you approach that? Because to me, gr group stuff is really hard, and it's, it's something I've kind of shied away from um, because of that a little bit, because I... Maybe in, in my way, because I, I do I do like a little bit of the the control you have on one on one, like the dude just all attention there. How do you manage that, especially with a large group of people that are going to have all kind of different abilities? I mean, you know, I know there's different progressions and modifications, but how do you how do you manage that? Like, uh, um, and you know, trying to you know make sure everyone's doing stuff. At least uh, nothing's going to be perfect, obviously, but but doing it semi correctly, safely enough, at least, safely yeah, at le that bare um, minimum safely. <laughs> right. Um, I think that's where just sticking with the basics. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of people that try to bring it when someone can't do a normal squat, and then they have them doing single leg Bosu ball squats. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no need. Um, and even for a elite level person it's like a normal squat if you do it correctly and have the right load on mm -hmm. like it's going to challenge you like you mm -hmm. don't need to be doing like at least that's my two cents on it but yeah um so definitely when i'm in a big group it's even more to the basics yeah um it's all stuff even for someone who's never worked out it's pretty easy to catch on to okay um and then i always keep my eye out on the new people yeah um i have my so I think the biggest group I've done now is 35. Wow. Um, and then we'll say 15 of those are regulars. Mm -hmm. So I know those people know what they're doing. I don't need to keep my eye on them. Yeah. So I'm mainly keeping the, my eye on the people whose hand I just shook, and I'm like, nice to meet you. Remember their name. Keep an eye on them. And then I'll be able to, you can tell pretty quickly if that person knows what they're doing or not. Mm -hmm. So then if they know what they're doing, kind of don't have to watch them anymore. Focus on the people who... Um, seem kind of lost or very beginner level. Yeah. So once we get out of this, ideally, you want to have a lot of big group classes. Would you still do any of the one-on-one -on -one stuff? Yeah, Are you 100%. still going to save time for that? Yeah, 100%. That'll be the one-on-one, -on -one, I, I guess I would say, is more business. Um, the mm -hmm. big group, I want to do it once a week. It's going to be a free, big social gathering with yeah. us. So I mainly wanted to... Um, just get people together. Um, I love networking and meeting people. Yeah. And I love introducing people to other people. Um, so it's going to be a, what I'm envisioning it, it's going to be kind of like a networking event slash fitness workout. Okay. Um, That's kind of a cool twist. Would you, would you even bring in some mediums to help with, like, make it even more known as, like, a networking thing? Um, Not to, sorry, I'm trying I'm to. Still trying to figure that out. Do. Yeah. Because. I guess I'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it's no, definitely going to be all partner work, mm -hmm. and every rotation you're going to switch to a new partner. Okay. Um, for me, it's just I don't know relationships and meeting people has brought so much value to my life. Yeah. And um, I think fitness is an easy way to do that because it's like I'm I'm the one enforcing it. Like you don't have to go up and meet some random person. I'm right. Like, okay. Hey, this is your partner. Introduce yourself. Yeah. You're going to be working together for the next three minutes. And it's like, it's forced, but you never know. This person could be like, oh, this is what I'm interested in. Oh, yeah, I work here. Oh, we're hiring. Oh, yeah, Thanks. absolutely. Like, you never know what can happen. Exactly. So that's kind of what I'm envisioning. Okay, that's awesome. So what else? So you have the group stuff. You still do some personal, and then you're working on your in investment. You mentioned um, podcast. You yep. want to start your own. Yeah. Right? 
And what? Tell us about what's that going to be like. What What do you envision for that? Um, oh man, like kind of everything else in my life, it's so broad right now. Yeah, um, that's all right. Definitely, it's going to be a lot about travel, mm -hmm. widening the perspective of the world, and diving in. I've been fortunate to meet a lot of people in unique situations in countries that I had never heard of. Um, so I'm going to get them on, have them talk about what it's like there. Um, just so people in my situation and, well, I mean, you can learn from everyone, like we mentioned. Absolutely. Everyone has a little slice of genius and an experience that you've never had. Mm -hmm. And if you're open to listening and taking it, you can get something from that and grow. Or you can block it out. Right? That's, your, that's your choice. But um, So it's definitely going to be that. And then a lot of health and wellness-related stuff. Um, and I, I want to get a lot of open-minded people on there mm -hmm. to kind of reinforce what I teach. Yeah. Um, and just get different perspectives of my way is not the only way. Yeah. Like, I want to promote other people's ways, but people who are open-minded that their way is not the only way. Right. Because that's my main message is I'm not right, but they're also not right. That person's not right. right. Like We're all figuring it out together. You can create your own way. You can take a little mm -hmm. bit from each person and make your own. And that's right for you. Yeah. So that's what I want to pro, um, preach on the fitness side of things. And then I also want to get on with investing, um, finances, and wealth building. Mm -hmm. um, I've been working with some financial advisors for years who I've become friends with, a bunch of um, entrepreneurs and business owners. So I kind of want to get those people on mm -hmm. to teach. I would say it's kind of the unnormal path because um, okay. I know a lot of people who have these brilliant ideas, but don't know how to get started. Yeah. So I want to get people who have been there and been through it, been through the stages of everyone telling them there's no way you're going to make it. Yeah, sure. You're real a failure. Experience. So I've heard some really, really, really cool stories of five years of no job, grinding, living in your parents' basement, all your friends tell you you're a failure. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, multi-millionaire and you make it. So, Yeah. It's going to be a wide variety of things. So same podcast, all on one. Yeah. Yeah, not going to split. That's cool. Give it a little variety. So that was, I've been struggling with that so much lately. It's just like, what is, my, like, to my identity to some people is real estate. My identity to some people is health and wellness. Yeah. My identity to some people is travel. And I'm just going to combine Bring it all, together. see what happens. That's awesome. And if a um, real estate person gets on and doesn't want to listen to a travel one, okay, click out. You don't have to. Yeah, that's the so beauty of it I'll if you want to title listen. title them for people to be able to click and choose what they want to listen to. Now, you mentioned to me you've been taking a very more holistic approach to I mean, well, pretty much everything. Um, give me a little bit of detail on that. Like what, what, uh, what kind of things are you trying to uh, bring together? What? So holistic to me is just back to the basics of being a human. Mm -hmm. um, I try to use as little product as possible. Okay. Um, no chemicals. Yeah. Um, I'm constantly trying to find new ways to um, naturally do everything, basically. Yeah. Um, which is what I think it all comes back to. Um, I have a lot of strong opinions that I don't have very much background research on like what Give me um let's 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 talk some shit throw it out there uh sunshine is one of my biggest ones i'm a firm firm believer that sunshine is not the, not the problem 
Right. Um, it's a solution. I've, yeah, like, I constantly study places where I'm like, this little tribe that lives on the equator, who lives out, out in the sunshine 24-7, they do not have sunscreen. Right. And they live until they're hundreds. They're 100% healthy. They don't have any diseases, and they don't get cancer. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, we got this in our mind. You go outside, and you get skin cancer from the sun. Right. But if you look, like I said, I don't have much research and whatever on this, but I have done some research on commercial sunscreens. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the first five ingredients of any of them, the stuff that comes up, you're gonna, it's going to blow your mind. Oh, I like bet. rust removal. Like, you'll type in the ingredient, and then on Google it'll be like rust removal. And it's like, that's what we're putting on our skin. That's, to me, that's what the issue is, not the sun. Yeah. And I think that comes back to everything. For, for instance, um, I've never told, very few people know this, but I haven't washed my face with soap since I was in high school. Okay. I used to have acne, get pimples all the time. Yeah. I haven't had a zit in, since I stopped. I use hot water, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and because I noticed, like, every time I wash my face, my face would get super dry, and then I'd wake up with pimples. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have to buy this company's moisturizer. Yes. And they have a five-step process where you have to keep buying all their shit until your face is clear. And then I started looking into it, and it's like their first ingredient in face wash is a, it dries you out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why am I putting that chemical on my skin? Like, So those are two of the things, but basically everything. Everything like that. Kinda. I'm trying to get back to how can I optimally live without all the chemicals and products that yeah. the uh, big companies are pushing at us. Um, so, yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm trying to find the most natural, modern way I can live. Because, like I said, a lot of things are a pendulum. A lot of the changes we've made for our convenience as far as living are great. I mean, the room we're sitting in now, that's, I don't want to be without it. Right. <laughs> um, but we do, I feel like we have gone very far in. A lot of things stem from a short-term fix that actually create long-term problems, and we don't really look into them. We don't take the time to think about it. Like you said, like, yeah, sunscreen, so short-term fixes blocks the sun's rays because we think that it should be. That's what we should do. Whereas instead of the long-term fix of, well, how about you get enough exposure smartly so that your body adapts and can handle it right? Because, yeah, too much sun for certain people without a break is going to cause some issues. But it's because you're not able to handle it yet. And we were talking earlier. What, what, what were you saying where you used the cast example? Eyes. Um, talking about your eyes. That's a great one. So you're, tell us about that. You're, you're trying to improve your vision. Right. When, uh, when did you, have you always needed glasses? Have you yeah, always? I've been wearing them since I was probably 12. Okay. And, and you said this is a new thing where you're trying a new way. And yep. so, so what, what are you doing? What's your approach to that? So I was actually watching some holistic doctor talking. And um, he briefly mentioned, like, this book that helps you improve your eyesight naturally. Yeah. So I bought it on Amazon. I didn't even look into it. I was like, whatever. I want to read it. I want to run with it. Um, I haven't read the full book yet, but um, I got a pretty good understanding of it. Mm-hmm. But it basically talks about how we don't question why we're told things 
we just tell you have bad vision, you need glasses. Yes, yes. So you don't say, okay, well, what was the problem? Like, how did we get this bad vision? Mm -hmm. And in this book, it talks about emotions and times in your life that cause stress, which um, translate to poor vision. Okay. Um, so I was thinking back and I was like, when I started getting bad vision, it was... It was when I was in school, which I hated. Yeah. I was constantly uncomfortable sitting in the classroom because I didn't want to get called on because I never paid attention because I did not give a shit about history, science, or any of it. Right. My mind was always in another world. So I was thinking, I was like, maybe it was just like I was stressed back then because I was doing something I didn't like doing and I wasn't comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not for sure that that's correct, but I was like, it kind of makes sense. So anyway, I've been sticking with it and trying it out. And basically the whole thing is if you were to break your leg and the doctor gave you a cast and you came in for your checkup and he's like, okay, we're going to give you a thicker cast. Yeah. And then the next checkup, a thicker cast. And the next checkup, a thicker cast. And he kept doing that for the rest of your life. Your leg's never going to get better. It would get worse. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of what this doctor talks about as your eyes are just like every other muscle and organ. Um, if you keep getting a stronger prescription, mm -hmm. your eyes are going to keep getting worse. Yeah. So the book is titled actually Throw Your Glasses Away or Take Off Your Glasses or something. Okay. So since I started reading it, I have not worn glasses in three weeks. And do you, so you, like ever, like if you really need to see something, are you going to go to it? I or? took them into the grocery store, like, to, like, look at the signs. Yeah. Because I can't read. Okay. But, um... Yeah, his point was basically, like, we can see a lot more than we think we can. Because mm -hmm. I would have never thought I could have driven without glasses. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm fine. I can see all the big objects. I can see color. My only problem is seeing letters at a far okay. distance. So, yeah. Have you felt any, I know it's only been three weeks, so really hard to tell at this point. Have you felt any improvement or, like, anything? Or you just feel better about not wearing glasses? I think even? I'm more aware. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I would say it's basically just awareness. Like, yeah. now I know things I can and can't do optimally without glasses. Um, basically, for me, it's just details at a far distance. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see things, but once I get at a certain length, I can't see what letter it is. I can tell it's a word, but I can't see the letters. Or if it's a person's face, I can kind of see it, but I kind of can't. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's, that's a new one I've never thought of. But I'm the same way as you were... I feel like a lot of times people don't question the things. They just take something as fact because everyone else is doing it and run with it. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of it is probably not in their best, I don't know if best interest is the right term, but healthy for them or better for them as a, just as a being, as a person, as a living thing. Um, like one of the biggest things I always talk about, like I'm, a, I'm a barefoot nut. I am a barefoot. I didn't wear nut. shoes for a year. Like look, like these janky little slip-ons I made because I work out barefoot everywhere I can. I don't care if people look at me weird as long as the, fortunately, the owner of, of the gym I work at now is, lets me, doesn't care, you know, he says just be smart about it. Don't put your feet all over everything. Mm -hmm. um, but I always explain that, like, you know, people get orthotics when they have foot pain. Well, that's just adding a cast to your foot. It's not letting your foot get stronger. It's allowing it to be weaker, and then you get thicker ones and thicker ones, just like your cast analogy. And we do that, like you said, people do it with glasses. Every year they get a new prescription that's higher and allows their eyes to do less of the work, and the glasses do more of it. We are a very symptom treatment 
based society versus condition treatment based society. Right. I mean, the, I always use this example, um, but like, I'm not saying never take antibiotics, but we think of how many times people are, the minute they're sick, they'll, they'll go to it right away. Right. I got strep probably four or five years in a row. The last year I got strep, I decided I'm not going to take antibiotics. Haven't got it since then. It's been like six years. Right. Um, I'm big, 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 big on yeah. that. I haven't gotten legitimately sick. I've probably been legitimately sick once in the last three years, and it was like a day because I, I, I can feel when I'm off and I know when to shut things down and not do things. But I haven't in the last three years. I don't take any over-the-counter. I, I haven't taken any form of medication. I'll take that back because I guess food could be considered medication. Supplements could be considered medication. But any chemical modern over-the-counter medication in the last three years and right. I've felt nothing but better I don't get sore I don't take Advil anymore any anti any non-steroidal anti-inflammatories I yeah. take other things that have anti-inflammatory properties we'll call it yeah um but yeah it's 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 weird to me that we don't want to we're quick to have something else fix it right away and fix the symptom and not treat the actual issue. And there's just 100%. There's countless things. I mean, our whole healthcare system is treatment based, not preventative based. Um, I've been ranting during this whole time that everyone, you know, I'm tired of people. Of course, I get wash your hands and stuff. I understand that. I'm not saying don't be hygienic. But everyone's been so quick lately to wash your hands, spray this down, wipe this down. No one has said anything about boosting their own immune system and I went on an Instagram rant for several days talking about like well just you know get your sleep do all this stuff that's huge for you focus on that and make yourself as resilient to the virus as you can be rather than right. trying to kill it off because you're not going to win that battle right. it's always going to be there I, I don't know if you're familiar with terrain theory mm -mm. but I'm real big and so it's so there was pasteurization versus terrain theory and pasteurization was Louis Pasteur who's talking about there's all these organisms out there and we have to get rid of them so that we can survive. Terrain theory is there's all these organisms out there and they're always going to be out there so we have to make ourselves as strong as we can to resist them. And even Louis Pasteur on his deathbed admitted that he thought he was actually wrong of the approach of get rid of everything then learning how to coexist with it. Yeah. Um, it's always going to come up. Yeah. It's come up for forever. Yeah. And that's why like you know, I, I'm not afraid to get dirty and do things like that. No, like, I'll I think eat crap it's the off best. the ground. I always tell, I'll eat something off the ground. My girlfriend will look at me like I'm crazy. I said, self vaccination. Yeah. Making myself stronger, you know? It's all about the immune system. Yeah. And, it, and that's and, why you see this. Uh, I saw something that one of the countries that's surrounded, it's either in Central America or Africa or somewhere, but they're surrounded by a bunch of other places that have the corona. Mm -hmm. But there's this one place that doesn't. And they like live outside barefoot in the dirt all day, every day. Yeah. And it goes to prove, like, when you eat good and you're outside and you're on the earth, like, being touching it, yeah. um, boosts your immune system. We're part of this ecosystem, and we like to remove ourselves from it. We like to... One of the biggest things I have with, with people who are... I don't dislike vegans. You do what you want. You do what works for you. But I can't get behind the idea that you're helping more living things by being a vegan because I've talked about this with Drake who was in here earlier like I mean um, plants are living too that we're you know you're killing them just there's no life without life is our is how we put it um, the smell you get when you cut your grass is a pheromone it gives off because it doesn't want to be cut like right. 
there's all those things, and, and it's, it's weird that we want to disassociate ourselves. Like, my girlfriend says all the time, she's like, I don't really want to know where my food comes from. I don't, like, I like the fact that I can buy at the store and not know what it is. And it's like, I, I take the opposite approach where I want to learn as much about that and respect that we are part of a food chain. We are part of this whole ecosystem. We are part of the earth. So, yes, the sun, the natural things are great for us. Yeah. Um, they've proven the sun, seasonal depression issue. That's because people aren't getting as much sunlight. That's that's literally what it comes down to. It's a whole disorder, and they'll and and even doctors in Western medicine will admit it's the sunlight thing. But yet, for some reason, there's a disconnect, and we still want to picture that as bad, or things like you know going outside, getting dirty, spending time in in, in the grass and stuff. That stuff's great for you. They there's so good. I'm I'm big into looking into. It's called earthing or grounding. I don't know if you're familiar with that, 100%. but barefoot on natural surfaces. Yeah. And and I've like physically felt differences of like like I've had like so you know I would go running my calves are sore or something like that, and then I'd I'd literally walk ten minutes in grass somewhere and it, I felt great. And I, there's something to do with the science about the electrons you pick up. I don't know the details as much about it. I'll sound stupid if I try and like talk about yeah, it yeah, that way. Of course. But it does work, and it's it's weird to see that we don't want that connection. You know? Right. I don't no, know. I'm big on grounding. Yeah. Do you do you feel like more people that you deal with are aware of that, or you feel like more people that you meet are are not? I think that's why I vibe so hard with the travel community. Yeah. Cause like when I got there, I was nervous because I was like just how natural I was, and then I saw everyone. I was like, nobody is doing anything that like normal people back home would be doing. Yeah. And I'd say something, and. Uh, because, like, I, basically the whole time I was in Puerto Rico, I just did ocean cleanses. Okay. So I showered very little. I yeah. was literally in the ocean, yeah. full body, every morning, every night. And, um, Do you use any, like... Nothing. Just nothing, just the water. No, just salt water. Salt water. Yeah, okay. And uh, I remember the first night, uh, we were getting ready to go out, and I was like, I was like, all right, should I shower and just, like, go back to normal? Or should I just stick to what I wanted to do? And um, then everyone... Like, we were getting ready to go, and I was assuming the girls were going to go shower and stuff. And everyone mm-hmm. was like, all right, let's go. And I was like, like, people were just, like, in their bikinis, like, would throw on something really quick and just off. And I was like, I was like, wait, is that, is that normal? And everyone's like, yeah, we cleaned in the ocean. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like, yeah. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah. And people would look at you like you're crazy if you did that here. Right. Yeah. That's why I try never to talk about this stuff, because it's just, like, it's what I believe and. Um, I don't want to push it on anybody, but I agree. I think I think it's it's never. I don't think anyone has the right to tell anyone else what they have to do. Right. You know, I think everyone should be able to do whatever the hell they want to do, so, so long as you're not negatively, directly affecting someone else. But it but it is interesting how many people will if you go off the path and do something different. Like you said, you feel weird talking about it. Even you don't yeah. want to push it on people. But I think it is important to talk about it. Someone that doesn't want to hear it, fine, don't say it. But using something like our conversation or meeting other people that are open-minded to it, I think I think it is important to talk as much because I, I think there are a lot of people that are on that fence. Because I, I, even me, hell, like three, four years ago, I'd have been on the other side of the fence of so many things I'm on now. Right. Um, because I just didn't look into it and I, I was never exposed to it. Right. That's what all it is. It's all about yeah. exposure. Yeah. And understanding. Um, but yeah, I'm totally with you on the. What was your question again? Did I answer it? Uh, 
Oh, I was, you were just telling me about, um, I was asking if the majority of the people that you meet think that way or do they, like, like you do or do you meet a lot more people? I'm always curious. I'm finding that the more I look at it, the most people I'm meeting are somewhere on that fence where they're, they're open to it, but they're scared to really be open to it. And right, until the judgment and they that. know me enough that they've heard me say the crazy shit I say that they're like, okay, well, I can say something a little crazy because it's nothing compared to what he said. Right. Then they kind of like start, you know, being on that side of the fence. I don't even like that side of the fence as a term either. Um, but just being willing to look at that side or look across each side. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, it's probably half and half. It probably depends yeah. where I am a lot. Because, I mean, it's much easier to live that holistic natural lifestyle in a tropical area when you're living on a beach. Right. Like, I'll admit I can't do a lot of the things that I would do there. I can't do that in a business professional setting no. in a city. No. Like, you just, it wouldn't fly. Like, you can't show up barefoot with no shirt on yeah. to a meeting. It's just, you just have to kind of adapt to where you are and what you're doing. So what's that like for someone like you? Because I, traditionally, I was very uncomfortable in the business engineering side of things. I was very uncomfortable in that. How do you balance that, being someone... Who um, prefers the natural like that? Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, I feel like my I can really adapt though. I can mm -hmm. flip my mind very fast. Okay. Um, from being a natural hippie type, whatever you want to call it, and then flip really quick and put on a suit and go talk to business people. You feel comfortable in that setting yeah. doing that? Okay. Yeah, awesome. I do. Um, but luckily, in the stuff that I do, it's a lot more casual. It's mm -hmm. not very corporate. Like sitting in a corporate setting, I don't know how comfortable I'd be. I haven't really experienced it yet. Um, but I, I feel pretty confident in who I am. So sitting in any, I know when to not talk and when I can talk. Yeah. So um, I'd probably talk a lot less if I was in a setting where I am not super comfortable. Um, but yeah. You said you, you flip a switch, so do you feel like you're wearing different hats, or how much bleed over is there? How much how much does it overlap with your... Um, I think at the core, I'm still the same. Okay. Um, I'm always, like my big three are, I like meeting people, I like helping people, and I like sharing stories. Mm -hmm. That's always who, who I'm going to be. But um, I, I guess I change more... I don't know what, how I want to say it. Um, my core doesn't change at all. I guess I put on a different persona. Okay, just um, how you present yourself yeah. changes a little bit. Because like when I'm meeting with a 60-year-old investor in a suit, mm -hmm. he doesn't want to hear about my travels no. and that kind of stuff. He wants to talk business. Yeah. And when I'm barefoot with a bunch of hippies on a beach, they don't give a shit about corporate life in Cincinnati. Yeah. So I kind of... Because I have so many different interests. I wouldn't say I'm changing. I'm choosing which section to yeah. um, present myself in, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. No, I get you. Do you have, are you, are you wanting more overlap? Are you hoping to bring it to a place where it's yeah. all, yeah? That's what my kind of goal is, um, which I've seen because as I've traveled, I've met one of my best friends is owns stuff in New York City, owns a couple businesses, mm -hmm. and lives out of a book bag like that and has yeah. two outfits. Doesn't own a car, doesn't own an apartment. And that's crazy. He's he's kind of one that opened opened my eyes to the idea like 
anything is possible. Yeah. You can be anything you want, but you, I guess you just got to keep being you and make people realize like, yo, that guy can be a good business person barefoot with no shirt on. Yeah. Like, but it's a weird there's line stereotypes, which I don't know if we're ever going to be able to break it because some people's ideas of a, of a nice businessman is different than others. Mm-hmm. Like for me, if I was 60 year old business owner and some kid walked in barefoot in a shirt and just rocked it and was just like off the charts, I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. But like a lot of people right at the beginning, it's a visual of like, okay, he's just like that. Nah, he has no chance. It's, it's um, weird. Which is unfortunate, but I also understand there's some presentation and different industries have different presentation styles and yeah, just is what it is. I don't know if we can change it, but I'm definitely You're never, trying to push that boundary though. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely never gonna judge anybody for how they appear. Oh, that, I've met that's some, how I am. I've met some amazingly smart people, amazingly yeah. cool people, who if they walked into a normal setting, they wouldn't get a time of day from most people. I bet. And for me I'm like, Yeah, what Give what's your shot. story? Let's Everyone's hear it. got something to say, absolutely. So that's yeah. That's how. Do you have it. Do you have any long term uh, visions or goals as far as both of these career paths and how they merge or anything? Yeah. Um, even even if it's just fantasy, just something you're interested in doing. Yeah. I mean, I have so many. Um, my real estate goals are to own some apartment buildings. Yeah. And have that passive income to be comfortable to live off of, mm-hmm. and then be able to go full throttle on some of my other interests. Okay. Um, if that's health, travel, speaking, teaching. Yeah. Um, real estate for me is the financial side. Okay. Like I'm passionate about it, but the goal there is to create passive income where I don't have to be really involved in it. Give yourself more time. Yeah, to do other things. Um, and then on the fitness level, I would like to create a worldwide boot camp. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of want to incorporate that with my travel. Yeah. And do some sort of travel boot camp, speaking, teaching sort of thing. Right on. Um, I feel like fitness is my avenue to get pe- to people because it's what a lot of people know me as. It's what I'm passionate about and that kind of thing. But I'm also passionate about so many other things. Yeah. So I'm kind of trying to take that to branch off and to do other things. Um, so that's kind of where the Saturday morning boot camp is going to start. It's going to be filmed and put on the internet. But I kind of want to do it so in the future when I am traveling, I can pop in a new city and have people show up. Yeah, that's awesome. And then for travel, I really want to incorporate in Cincinnati more of a diverse, open-minded travel mindset kind of thing. Okay. Like um, what? What do, you, what do you mean by I that? I want to make it more of a norm for people to travel. Okay. Because when I first left, I don't think that's anyone right. thought it was a good idea. Yeah. I didn't get one person that said... Oh yeah, you should do that. Everyone yeah. was like, well, "What are you gonna do for a job? How are you gonna make money? Yep. Where are you gonna stay? Oh, what? You're not gonna know the language. What are you gonna eat? How are you gonna get around? You're gonna run out of money." And um, I think it just is awareness. Like other people in other countries thought when I told stories of here, they're like, "What? Like you guys don't take time off after school and like live in different countries?" Like, some countries, it's mandatory. Yeah. My friends in Denmark were getting paid to live for a year. They got to travel. That's nuts. And obviously, it's a smaller country, and your government can do that. But 
What do you think that is here? Why? What? What do you think is the driving factor where we're not? Think money. That money. Yeah. You think? I think, and not having Gary Vee always talks about it. Patience. He yes. always says you can start at thirty, and still be set. Mm-hmm. But everyone here, it's like you graduate at twenty-two, and then they want to have a job that they want to have for the rest of their life, be married, and have kids within two years. Mm-hmm. And like. I always tell people I'm still in my first year of life. Like my first 22, other people were telling me how to live. Yeah. Like it wasn't until this huh. past year, I've got to do what I want to do on my time, with my with the consequences I choose to accept. I like that. That you, this is your first year of life. Yeah. I'm steal so that. <laughs> that's what I always say. I'm like, you can't tell me, at the age of 22, you know what you want to do for the rest of your life. No. And uh, you I, could. You know what? Some you, people. Could. Yeah, you could. Yeah. But. Very, I don't know. I feel like there's so much more out there that you can experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I feel like definitely for your first 18 years of life, I don't think many people think for themselves. No. Definitely I didn't. No, it's not the way, th- the way education's was, set up, the way anything's set right. up. Um, no knock on parenting. I don't know how to do it. I, have, I don't have a kid, so I can't really say anything against that. But traditionally, you know you're brought up to your condition to want to get that job, to get enough money to settle down to do that. And it probably comes from a good place because that's safe for you and people, they right. want you that's to be what well. Everyone wants. That's you know, safety. it's good intentions. But uh, I just, this earlier this week, because I've been through this whole scenario, going over that Benjamin Franklin quote about uh, trading uh, freedom for securities. And this says people, something about people who are willing to trade freedom or essential liberties for temporary security deserve neither and mm-hmm. shouldn't have either or something like that. And it is interesting because I have lived most of my life that way or seen everything around me being lived in that way. What is safe? What is secure? What is controlled? What right. are we, we know we can do versus trying to just, well, what's the unknown? What are we going to try and figure out? What's right. the adventure? That's, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I want to push. Yeah. I want to teach people how it is affordable. And if you make the right choices. Because a lot of people, it's not, like, right out of college. No. Luckily, I knew I wanted to do it, so I sacrificed a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I was working Saturday mornings. I didn't go out Friday nights. Uh, some Sunday mornings, I was working at 4 in the morning. So for my four years, like, I kind of, I wouldn't say I gave up the college experience, but in some ways I did. Yeah, you put it on the back burner um, a little bit. So, yeah, that's that's what I would want to push. One of my goals on the travel side Okay. to make it more common in America to get out there. And I think people would be so much more grateful. Like, I used to hate Cincinnati. I hated being here. Yeah. And then I went and traveled, and I'm like, it rocks here. <laughs> like, it might not be my ideal place, but, like, we it got could it pretty be good. a million times worse. We got it pretty good. I was like, go work 20 hours a day, walk up and down the side of the highway and sell something for 10 cents. Tell yeah. me how that is in the scorching heat with one outfit and you can't shower. Yeah. You do it, and then you sleep on the side of the highway and wake up and do it again. And people like, and the other thing I want to make people realize is traveling is not this extravagant thing you have to work sixty years to make enough money to do. I I was living on five dollars a day. Really? In some countries. That's awesome. That's crazy. Some countries zero dollars a day if I was doing volunteer work. Yeah. But I'm trying to push that experience versus work and then go stay in a resort. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just so much more eye-opening and the people that you meet and experiences you have, Not necessarily, you don't have to stay in a hostel, but 
there's certain things that I think when you visit a country, you should put yourself out there and do versus staying secluded with a bunch of people just like you in an area with all-inclusive food and bev. Mm-hmm. Um, like getting food poisoning was like a great experience. Like, <laughs> uh, just like some of the stuff that happens, like it, on the outside, it's like that's horrible. But that's when you learn. Like, man, this girl, this girl, she's like one of my best friends now. But we both got food poisoning and had to sit on a 12-hour bus without any stops. And we were sitting there like, and now we joke about it all the time. Like, if we're having a bad day, we're like, well, we could be having food poisoning on the buses. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just want experience. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, then. I'm gonna write a book on that as well. So oh, okay. So another goal is becoming. I guess an it's it's kind of written, oh. but I haven't proceeded with anything yet. I wrote 23 chapters wow. while I was while I was traveling. That's incredible. But now I need to like organize it because yeah. it's very non-professional right now. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. That's more that's more than I've ever done with that. That's uh, I'm gonna, you inspired me today. I think about doing stuff like that and gaining more experience. Is there anything else uh, you'd like to leave us with before you have to go? I'll just say... thoughts of wisdom. Go for it. Do it. Go for it. Try things. Um, Yeah, if you're interested in something, give it a shot. See if it works for you. And uh, why don't you tell people where to find you on any media or anything and give, you know, uh, if you have a title for your podcast, tell us what that's going to be. Keep a lookout. Things like that. So, yeah, you can feel free to message me on Facebook or Instagram at Joey Arbino, A-R-B-I-N-O. And then um, my podcast name is going to be Around the World with Joey Arbino. Right on. You cannot find that yet, though, so <laughs> within the next few weeks. Okay, so maybe by the time this is actually out there, then uh, yeah, you'll then be maybe finding we'll it. Yeah, then maybe we'll go to find it. All right, brother, thank you for taking the time to sit down with me. Uh, plethora of information, good variety, and we're definitely going to have to do it again sometime because we'll, we'll, we'll need more time. Yes, but, sir. Uh, thank you. Much pleasure. Those of you, you know where to find me, Adaptive Training Principles on Instagram and Facebook. Um, hit me up for any uh, at-home workouts or personal visits while all this craziness is still going on. Other than that, keep being you. Have a good one.